and welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices, plus the knowledge to keep your organization in compliance, HR works. Who thought that performance appraisals would undergo a dramatic about-face, but that's what's happening in many companies. They're abandoning the traditional approach, look backward once a year, for a new one that emphasizes forward thinking, employee development, and frequent feedback. It sounds good, but is there evidence that it's a change for the better? To sort it out, we've asked Rajiv Bahara, CEO and co-founder of performance management startup Reflective to join us. And by the way, that's Reflective with a K. R-E-F-L-E-K-T-I-V-E. Reflective has raised more than $17 million in funding from Lightspeed Venture Partners and Andreessen Horowitz and has a client roster of over 150 companies, including Ubisoft, Pinterest, Lyft, Glassdoor, and Juno Therapeutics. Prior to Reflective, Rajiv honed his management skills leading an 80-person mobile application development studio at Disney Interactive, where he led two of Disney's top 10 grossing mobile applications. He has also held senior leadership roles at Playdom and Toomery. He earned his BA in economics from UC Berkeley. Rajiv, welcome to HR Works. Thanks, Steve, for having me. Really excited to be here. So your website suggests that you are, and I'm quoting, on a mission to kill the annual performance review. And I guess a lot of organizations are doing that as well. So what are the pitfalls that prompted this uh, global trend of companies nixing the annual reviews? Yeah, I know that's a great question. Um, and I think it has to do with with how people perceive, employees and HR perceive performance management. In general, performance reviews are seen as something that, you know, isn't as, isn't as helpful as, as we'd expect them to be. Um, and as a, and what they end up doing is they, they demotivate employees more than helping in, increase performance. Um, and so and we, there's a lot of studies around how when you get an, an annual rating, if it's not the highest rating, your, your engagement goes down as an employee. Um, and it makes sense, right? You're being evaluated by your manager, and oftentimes your manager doesn't remember what's happened over the last year, so they rate you based off the last you know, few months of, of, that they remember. Um, and when you get kind of this feedback, it comes out of nowhere in most cases. A lot of times managers don't give enough feedback throughout the year to their employees. So then when it comes performance review time, they get all this, all this negative feedback um, all at once, and it's tied to their compensation, which uh, because it is tied to their compensation, it creates this, this uh this anxiety around the whole situation. Um, so, in in essence, it really just creates kind of this, this 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 circumstance where employees are no longer receptive to feedback. They're defensive, and they just get demotivated by the negative feedback, as it results in lower comp for them, or compensation. Um, what we're seeing now, which is really interesting, is um, earlier the the power dynamics of employee and employer were such that. People, employees are staying at companies for 10 to 15 years, 
and em employers didn't really have to worry about the employee experience that much. Um, your employees were going to stay 10 to 15 years regardless. Um, but now that, that whole world has changed with uh, you know, the in invention of the Internet and, and LinkedIn, and uh, it just becomes so much easier to find new jobs. So in this new world, uh, there's a lot more job mobility. And with job mobility, that gives a little more power to the employee. Because if they don't like where they're working, they'll just leave. Um, so bigger companies are now seeing this trend where, um, where employees are leaving um, faster than they did, they did before because they have more opportunities, which is now triggering this, this ripple effect where now um, companies are focused on the employee experience and the one big piece of that is getting rid of the performance review, which is very demotivating. So when you do get rid of that annual review and you move towards real-time feedback and frequent check-ins, can you tell us a little about how real-time feedback works? Yes, definitely. And the, the biggest change with real-time, there are two big changes with real-time feedback. One, I would say, is the whole system is more focused on developing the employee rather than evaluating and rating the employee. Um, and that shift in the system creates a different culture where feedback is to invest in the employee rather than to, you know, give, um, figure out the ratings so they could, you know, stack rank your employees and, and figure out who the top and bottom performers are. Um, so that whole shift is, is very important when you think about real-time feedback. Uh, but the way it works is and everyone has different different ways of implementing it. Every, lots of different companies like Deloitte, Accenture, they've all, they've all come up with their, uh, their own version of how they do real-time feedback. But the essential concept is instead of doing a, a, an annual review, what you end up doing then is giving your managers another mechanism so they can give feedback throughout the year so they can constantly develop their employees the focus is on you know working with your employees, understanding their current set of skills, understanding what they want to do in their in their next career, um, what their career what they want their career to look like, figuring out the gap, understanding the skills that they need, and developing them on that throughout the year, and really it's investing in them, which makes them a lot more engaged. Um, in general, when you think about employee engagement, one of the, the big factors of that is career progression. If you're working at a job and you feel like you're going nowhere, you're not going to be that engaged. You're just going to, you know, treat it as a nine to five and check out. Uh, but if you if you're if you feel like you can progress, then you're going to be spending a lot more time, um, a lot more engaged. And one way to 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 make employees feel like that is to invest in them. If 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 your manager invests and spends time giving you a lot of feedback. Then what ends up happening is you, you realize, hey, my manager thinks I'm worth putting time into. There's a chance that you know if I keep working hard, I'm going to move up in my career, which is how everyone should feel if they are working hard. Um, it's it's only fair. The real time feedback is to build the culture where where that can happen, where managers are more like coaches uh, rather than task managers. Um, and so then you you also asked about check-ins. Um, so check-ins are um, basically another way of, of, of making sure that conversations happen with real-time feedback. And this is more of a process thing. The real-time feedback, you're, it's usually allowing 
managers and employees give each other organic feedback, whatever they want. But it's, and oftentimes it's very task oriented, right? It's like, oh, let's talk about this one thing you did in this meeting. I think you can improve your communication in meetings in general if, if you, you know, do it this way, this will be the impact. Um, it's very situational. Um, a check-in is really um, a, a trigger to make sure that there's a one-on-one -on -one conversation that's higher level than those task level conversations. Or, um, so, for example, once a quarter, we should make sure that we bubble out of, of the weeds in our one-on-one -on -one between me and my employee and discuss, hey, what are your strategic initiatives? Are we focusing on the right thing? Let's talk about that and have a conversation around that. Um, and then let's just talk about you know how things are going in general. Um, with the aim of being, the big difference is the aim versus the review is the aim is around personal or employee development and not about evaluation. So a big role for um, for managers as well as employees. So you've also said that you want to get rid of ratings. So what is it about rating systems that uh, that doesn't work? Are there pros and cons of getting rid of ratings? Yeah, that's a great question. It, it, and uh, getting. The, the reason for getting rid of ratings is, is twofold. The biggest one is it demotivates employees. If, uh, if you don't get, as an employee, if you don't get the top rating, your engagement goes down. Um, and no, no company wants to do anything to decrease, to decrease engagement because that decreases productivity. Uh, and it just hurts culture in general. So the biggest reason is you don't want employee engagement to, to go down. Uh, but the second reason is because um, is because the rating is such a simplistic view of performance. If you call somebody a three or a four, that just lacks a lot of the context around how that person actually did throughout the year. When when managers think about their employees, they should have a more complex view on their their employees rather than oh this person's a three or a four. Um, the challenge though is that. A lot of companies have a whole a full system where they look at the rating and they use that to to do compensation um, decisions. Um, and so, employees that have worked at large companies are just so used to this over the last you know, 10, 15 years. The change in that is a big change management um, routine, and uh, you know that could be depending on the company. Um, the, the you know the top performers might be slightly unhappy the, because they're so used to getting you know the top scores, um, but everyone else would be a lot more excited about it. Um, so, but regardless, that's a big change, and then it, it, it changes your process of okay, well, how do you then um, pay for performance? Um, and we're seeing some interesting models there. Um, really, what what we're seeing works there has to do with you know instead of doing ratings that kind of um, um, turn into a formula that net out into a your salary increase or your bonus for the for the year. Uh, we're just seeing um, as an alternative, um, companies giving managers a sum of money that they can allocate to their employees as they wish, with some checks and balances. So basically, um, there is a solution for moving away from ratings, but the change management from going rate from ratings. To, to no ratings is a big compensation process change. Um, so that's kind of one of the, the cons. It will take time to do that, but in the end, your, your company and your employees will be a lot more engaged because they're not getting demotivated with ratings. 
So if a company wants to uh, make a transition from the old way of doing things to the new way, uh, do they have to go all the way over to the new approach or can they retain some of the old and the old and new coexist? How would they manage that transition? Typically we see um, companies move over to the new process in, a, in, in, in two phases typically. The first phase is they'll keep their performance management process. They may make some tweaks to it. They may get rid of ratings, but they'll keep the annual review. Uh, but they'll add a layer, they'll add real-time feedback so that real-time development is happening, coaching is happening throughout the year, and that focus on employee development starts causing a cultural shift. Um, and then uh, when they do that, the great thing is when they, if, if managers are giving real-time feedback throughout the year, it can be used to pre-populate the performance review. Um, so the performance review will then becomes less demotivating because um, instead of it being um, you know new new information about you know what you didn't do well over the last year, it becomes a recap of things you already know and more of a summary. So it kind of changes the culture of the review a little bit. Um, so typically, we'll see that have, that could happen as a phase one and. When that does happen as a phase one, it's because of that link to comp that we were just discussing, where you know the company wants more real-time feedback, they want more of a culture around development, um, but they don't, they they're not ready. It's going to take longer for the change management process to move away from ratings to happen, um, or just kind of the the mentality around having a, that that type of yearly process. So we typically see that as kind of the phase one, where you have performance reviews once a year, or, or sometimes twice a year, and real-time feedback that happens throughout the year, where they're very connected. Um, and as a phase two, we typically see people getting rid of the performance reviews and uh, only using real-time feedback um, and, and using check-ins in lieu of reviews. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing the, the final state to be, where it's a mixture of real-time feedback and these lightweight check-ins, where the check-ins are more just strategy sessions to talk about, you know, what, what, what should we focus on um, in terms of business strategy? Is it shifting because the business is shifting? And then just working on employee development in that as well. So what sort of issues have you found that um – companies might face? Any any common problems as they move through these two phases? Um, I would say the, the great thing about this transition, and with any transition, it's scary, right? You, you, you're moving from something that's a known quantity to an unknown quantity. Um, so any transition could cause backlash. Uh, so there's always fear there. But the great thing about this transition is that the the current state with performance reviews is, is so negatively viewed already um, and if you you survey your employees and you ask them how much how, how much they like their current performance review process it's going to be so low um, that um, you have very low risk you're you're moving from a process that people generally really dislike to something new which is a lot less risky than something that works pretty well that you're trying to improve on um, so you're taking something broken. Um, so there's, there's less risk. Um, in terms of what we see in terms of pitfalls, the, the biggest pitfalls we see have to do with communication 
around how the new system works to the executive team, um, just spending enough time and focusing on the marketing behind the cultural shift of the new process um, is probably the, the one thing we see people um, not focusing on enough on. If there's one thing that that could that we do see as a as a potential issue, and the reason why this is an issue is because when you move to a system that includes real time feedback, it's very different than other systems that have been implemented because. It's almost like deploying a consumer application within your company. You can't force people to give real-time feedback. You can force people to uh, mandate that people finish their performance reviews for the year, but you can't mandate that they give feedback you know, once a week or once every two weeks or whatever that may be. Um, so you're basically trying to influence people to give feedback in real time, which requires you know, some, some type of marketing internally to, to discuss, to say that your employees know why, why it's important, and what the shift is from reviews to this, and why, why the company is doing it. So, are there any um, particular kinds of companies that would benefit from moving uh, away from traditional annual performance reviews? Yeah, I, I personally believe it, it works for any company that does do performance evaluation. Um, it works especially well for, for knowledge workers that, that um, want to be developed and they have you know, complex career paths um, where there's, there's a lot of skills that they need to be developed on. Um, and uh, so in general, anyone who is doing a performance review right now should be, should be thinking about moving to real-time feedback. It may, may or may not be the right time, uh, but it's definitely something that should be monitored because as, as your competitors start moving to it, their employees are going to be happier, and that's going to be a competitive advantage for them brand-wise as well. And you're seeing that in the market, too, where um, when companies do get rid of performance reviews, they're putting out a huge press release around it, and they want everyone to know because it's great branding for them. Um, so I would say if, if, if you are doing performance reviews, you do have those knowledge workers who have a lot of skills that need to be developed to move to the next level, then it's something you should consider um, and figure out the timing, timing, typically based off of who your competitors are and you know where you want to be in the market. Okay, thanks. So one question I just want to uh, put on the table here. How good are we at evaluating uh, other people? And, and how good are we at evaluating ourselves? Yeah, it's a great question. A lot of people aren't great at evaluating themselves, <laughs> which is why it's great to have feedback from your peers as well as from your manager. Um, some people are very self-aware, but I don't know what the percentage breakdown is, but, you know, it's, it's a mix. Um, in terms of evaluating other people, you know, it's, in general, a lot of managers do need work on how, to, how do you develop and evaluate your employees. And I think the problem is, it shouldn't be seen as an evaluation. You shouldn't. It should be seen as you should know. You should know your employees just by working with them and thinking about this more often. Um, so when you do a performance review once a year, if you're a manager who doesn't really give much feedback to their employee, by the time the performance review comes around, you really don't know what you think about that employee. And then you're trying to rack your brain to figure out how to evaluate them, which doesn't work very well and it ends up. Um, in a in a write up where the the you're missing a lot of facts, it's 
not a fair assessment of what the employee's been doing. Um, but which is why real-time feedback and check-ins are so great because they basically make them, the manager start thinking more about their employees. So now you're sitting down with your employees, you're talking to them more, you're developing them more, and as you do that, you understand how well they're doing a lot more because you're helping them get better. And if you do that more often, you end up just knowing your employees so much better and then, then understanding like who's doing well, who's not, is a lot easier to do without like a, without a system to try to force you to understand that um, at the end of the year. So, so that's uh, about the manager's role. Do do you find that the employee has a role, or are there any other people that are involved? <laughs> Actually, we think the employee has a huge role, um, and the way businesses are right now. Um, Oftentimes, employees work more with other employees than they do with their manager. And there's so many things happening right now, and businesses are changing so fast. A lot of times, employees are the ones on the ground level who who can see what needs to change in the business because they they hear from the customers that they're servicing, and they hear from the market more quickly. Um, so we we actually try to make a lot of the processes that people shift to be more employee-driven. Um, and the, the main reason is what I just said. The second big reason is more actually just a process reason. Um, as anyone out there listening knows, when you do performance reviews, it's easier to get the employee to fill out their self-review. It's a lot harder to get managers to fill out their reviews because they have to fill out you know five to ten reviews, which is a lot of work for them. Um, so managers end up being the bottleneck in a lot of these processes. Um, so what we do is we try to we try to put a lot of the trigger points and the impetus on on the employee. So if it has to do with goal setting, we ask the employee to set goals first, and the manager goes over it and tweaks it with the employee, which then just takes the burden off the manager for creating goals for all all ten of their employees, for example. Or if there's a check in, we ask the employee fills out their own self check in, and then they discuss it with their manager and their next one-on-one instead of the manager fills out 10 check-ins, which would be a big burden for them. So the employee is actually critical in driving their own performance. They can't be old manager-driven because managers will be the bottleneck if, if they have to do everything for, for all of their direct reports. So you mentioned at the top um, engagement, and I guess its cousin is retention. So how does this um, new approach to performance management uh, enhance engagement and retention? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, this new management style just creates better ties between employees and their managers. So it, instead of your manager being seen as a task manager, you see your manager as a coach, and it increases your engagement. If you get more feedback from your, your manager, and you know that your manager is trying to invest in you, you'll be more engaged. So engagement is, is the main reason, is one of the main reasons um, that that companies are thinking about this. They want their employees to be happy. They want their employees to be more productive. Um, and um, shifting to this kind of changes the power dynamic. It says, okay, now instead of doing reviews that are very top down, where we know it's gonna take a lot of time for you to do, but we want you to do it, and we know it's going to demotivate you, but we want you to do it because we need the data on how you're doing. Um, it's a shift to, to hey, let's, let's, let's now change this focus of this whole program towards developing you. 
Um, and that's pretty powerful. So, so in general, kind of the goal is to, to improve employee engagement. Okay, so now I'm, um, I'm thinking about trying to sell management on this. Top executives are going to want to be sold on a major change like this. So what tips do you have for convincing management that this would be a good change? It, it is, it, it's basically the fact that, you know, um, you will actually get better results. You'll, you'll know how everyone stands and who's doing well, who's not better if, you're, if your managers just spend more time with their employees. And in, that, in essence, if that's what they want, they'll get that. Two, you'll get more productivity because your employees will be more engaged. Um, and that's the big one. I think, I think in general, management doesn't like to do reviews themselves. So, and they know, they know how painful it is. They hear it from their direct reports. And it's funny, when I first, whenever I first pitch and I'm, I'm talking to a, an executive, I'll always ask, hey, do you do performance reviews? Do you like it? And I always get a chuckle. <laughs> so uh. it's always clear. They always know the process that needs to be changed. And they, they personally feel the pain of it. Um, so it, it, it's actually a very simple, simple um, um, process to convey and that needs changing. And new process just makes sense because they've gone through themselves also. So if they, uh, if they want to see some evidence of ROI, are there any particular metrics or analytics that you'd suggest? You can, you can uh, measure engagement. You can measure cost saved if you want to test ROI. And if you think about, um, I think Accenture put out an article where they said they spent, I believe, 2 million hours on a year on performance reviews. Um, please check me on that one, but that's, that's a lot of cost. That's millions and millions of dollars of cost. So if you can remove that and keep productivity up and still be able to maintain your compensation practices, then that's a huge ROI. You're, you're, instead of grinding your company to a halt once a year, everything's flowing um, and people are happier. So that's, that's pretty good ROI. So part of this push to abandon traditional performance appraisals uh, seems to be based on the notions that millennials uh, need near constant feedback. Do you agree? And if so, uh, how do you structure appraisals to meet this need? The biggest difference between millennials and non-millennials is that millennials are used to a ton of feedback while they're growing up. And for example, um, a millennial is used to posting their, the coffee that they just drink on Instagram or on Facebook or that they went to a concert on Facebook or Instagram. And they do that and they expect to get you know 50 likes on that, on that picture that they uploaded. And they upload things all the time, and, uh, and they're just so used to feedback. And if they upload a picture and they don't get any feedback, that worries them. That was something that, they, that they're, they're wondering, hey, why didn't anyone like my picture? So when they start working, they, just, they start kind of feeling this vacuum of feedback where they don't get any. Um, and that's why real-time feedback is so important for them. If they, don't, you know, if they do something and they don't get feedback, they think they did something wrong. Um, so it's, it's pretty critical for them to get more feedback and affirmation um, because they're just so used to it. So Rajiv, this is all uh, great. To wrap this up, if listeners are unsatisfied with their current performance appraisal system, uh, what steps should they take to make a change? And I mean, obviously, in addition to visiting reflective.com. 
And again, I remind everybody that's reflective with a K. First step is, you know, talk internally. Ask a few people, have some, um, you know, water cooler chat and say, hey, how did you like the last review? Do you think the whole process is helpful? What do you think about this new process of getting rid of reviews and moving to this ongoing development? Just ask people around and see if there's appetite for it. Um, and then talk to your peers and see who's doing it and, you know, how it's working. Um, and then there's just resources online. For example, if you go to our blog, there's a resource section which will just tell you what, what other companies have gotten rid of reviews, what they've done. Um, I think the re research is always the first phase of any any process change. So I would do that first, and then and then go from there and see if, see if there's appetite internally. Typically, there we we've seen there usually is, um, and. And, and just make sure that it's something that your company's going to be ready for. Um, but typically, when you do do this, we've just noticed that employees get so excited by the the, the, the potential change because they're so unhappy with the current process of performance reviews. Well, I'm ready. <laughs> Rajiv, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us today. Uh, these have been very helpful tips. I appreciate it. Great. No, thank you so much for the time. It was great spending time with you and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Listeners, please let me know what HR work should cover next. sbruce at blr.com. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Bruce for HR Works. The opinions expressed on HR Works do not represent legal or any other type of professional advice and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice from a qualified attorney licensed in your state.